the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have you thought about being weak today? Did I say weak? Yes, as in W-E-A-K. That almost sounds like a radio station's call letters. W-E-A-K. Weak. Let's do it. How about we be that today? Let's be W-E-A-K radio. What in the world? Yes. Now, a lot of people don't understand call letters. The W usually is on the East Coast. I'm out on the West Coast. And for us here in San Diego, where I live... Uh, our call letters on radio stations begin with K. Now, there's a history there. I don't have time for that. You can look it up. But in the meantime, we're going to pretend that we are W-E-A-K radio today. <laughs> Why? So many people won't admit their weaknesses. Oh, my goodness. I have, like, yet to meet anyone that will just blatantly tell me, you know, my weaknesses. Unless they're talking about sweets or something like that where they don't feel intimidated. I'm talking about the real weaknesses. I'm talking about the ones where you feel inadequate. See, when you say, oh, my weakness, sugar cookies. Okay. My weakness, chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Now, let's talk about the real weaknesses in life. My weaknesses, remember, let's define it. A weakness is the lack of strength, right? That sounds pretty normal. But what about vigor or being feeble? Hmm. Caregivers. Yeah, that's this show. Not limited to, but especially for. We usually deal with the feeble. Not just the feeble physically, but also the feeble-minded. We're dealing with people that are weak all the time. So what are we supposed to do when we're weak? That's why we're on W-E-A-K radio today, (laughs) because I've learned some things. I don't call them tricks. They're truths. Did you catch that? Um, Tricks usually are for kids, they said, and I also learned as an adult, tricks are from the devil. I'm a Christian. I make that declaration every now and then on this show, because sometimes it needs to be said just like that. I, Lorraine, am a Christian. Do you realize how many people out there listening to this show, even on Christian radio, can't say that to people they don't know? Yeah, so I'm a Christian. Mm -mm, They won't say it. They'll imply it. Oh, I go to such and such church. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a part of the such and such ministry. Mm -mm. Can you make the declaration? Try it. I'm a Christian to someone you don't know, like at the grocery store. You know, when you're having that small talk about nothing, a lady told me, yeah, knock on wood. Hopefully it won't rain outside. I said, no, I'm not knocking on wood. I said, that was a form of worship. You know, did you realize that for the God of wood? And she thought I was joking. And I said, no, seriously, take a look at it. She was like, really? I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. I just pray. (laughs) Sometimes you got to put those declarations out there, Christians, because people in the world are using whatever means necessary to survive. And for the people out there that don't know how to be strong, like 
in the Lord. See, my mom said something to me the other day in one of her weakest moments. My mom turned 81 this month, and I'm like, whoa, she said that to me, and she's weak in this moment. And she said, oh, you can take it. You're strong. My mom doesn't make that declaration to me much. And I said, I am? Because in that moment, in that very moment, I didn't feel very strong. I actually felt very exhausted. I felt very drained. And I felt very tired. Moreover, on top of that, I felt like the world was caving in on me. And my mom doesn't weigh that much. But in that moment, she did. Good grief. Coupled with her physical weight, her weakness, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And then you add it on to my weakness. Yes. Now watch this. I'm I, Lorraine. I'm going to make that plural because I'm the caregiver here. I'm the one supposed to give the care, right? Well, what about when your care is weak? That's how I felt in that moment. The care that I was providing for my mother in my assessment was weak. But my mother, who in her mind felt very weak in her body, felt very exhausted and tired like I did and very, very weak, by the way, because some people don't realize that even though people are older, they're not always by default weak. Keep looking around. There are some really strong old people around you. If you don't know any, eh, meet some. Say hello to one. You'll see them. They're strong in character. They're strong in values. Yeah, did you catch that? It's not always about the physicality. They're strong in the mind. So my mom says to me, you're strong. And I was just taken aback like I am. In that moment, I felt so weak. I was like, how could she say this? I'm about ready to pass out. It's late. I'm worn down. Caregivers, do you feel that way? Weak? That's what we're talking about today, being weak. Is it okay to be weak? Now, on this show, Carrying the Burden, we talk about what the Lord cares about, and he does care about your weaknesses. One of the things you need to realize is that when you're weak, here's the contradiction for us big-time Christians. It doesn't make sense. It took me years to get it. I still struggle with it, but I believe it. I profess it. I confess it. I remind myself that the Bible says this, in your weakness, that's when you're made strong. What? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Look here, Paul. That's the guy that said it. Paul is in the New Testament. Now, somebody asked me the other week, uh, so what's the difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament? I said Jesus, and let's stop right there. So <laughs> if you want to look into that a little more, Second Corinthians will help you out. Twelfth chapter. Now, when you read it and you get to it, you're not expecting it because the previous part says, my grace is sufficient for you. Who said that? The Lord. See, Paul was already in complaint mode. He was already feeling weak and he had his moment and he had complained to the Lord about this and that and that. Well, technically it was three things because he said thrice, thrice is that old English for three times. And he said that the Lord was like, yeah, 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 okay. But my grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient? You mean enough? What do you mean your grace is enough? And it took me years to understand what that means. Because if you continue to read what he said, who's he? Paul? Yeah. Now, if you like KJV, I had a guy tell me, I'm a king guy. I said, okay. 
Um, I had another person tell me, I like the old school version. I knew what they meant, KJV. I like versions that are legitimately translated to a way where people can relate and understand, and so can I. Whatever works for you, I can speak your language. They're called versions. They're just translations of English. So if you like to speak British English, I respect that. But sometimes I need a little more modern-day English for myself. So for me, I happen to like the one in the New International Version. Now, some of you might be like, yeah, that's too deep for me. Well, I like what it says, and it says this. That is why, for Christ's sake, aha, that's the contingency here? Absolutely. Being weak by yourself? Yeah, you're going to be weak. (laughs) See, there's this proverb over in the 24th chapter of Proverbs. I love it because a lot of people don't realize that the Bible can be really harsh like this, slap you around and hurt your feelings. And that's why some people just won't read it. Um, Dr. Charles Stanley, the late great, said it this way. A lot of times people will have a relationship with God, but they won't have a relationship with Jesus because Jesus requires a lot. You don't hear as many requirements seemingly in the Old Testament as you do in the New Testament comparing Jesus to what God said to the children. Well, it gets complicated, but the easy part is this. Jesus did give a lot of commands, and he gave a lot of directives. So now what did that do? Set up expectations? Absolutely. So if you're a Christ person, Christian, right, you're a follower of Christ, you declare it, like I said earlier, Have you declared your Christianity to anybody lately? Don't assume people know. There are plenty of nice devils out there. (laughs) Yeah, I said it just the way I meant it. People can be nice, but that's a deception. That doesn't mean they're of the Lord, Jesus Christ. So make your Christianity known by one thing. First of all, love. Devils don't love. Yeah, so if you're in a relationship with somebody and they seem a little more selfish than usual on a regular basis— Check their love meter because love isn't just about gifts and taking you out to dinner and dating and all that good stuff. But love has some contingencies, too, like being patient, being kind, not being envious, things like that. Absolutely. So when you look at this idea of Christ, Christ is perfect. So what happens is Christians think, oh, I'm supposed to be perfect. No. And then the people that are interested in Christianity because of lots of preachers uh, that kind of imposed this pressure that said, yeah, you have to be perfect like Christ because he was perfect. No, I am a sinner that was born into sin. It wasn't my fault. It was like that when I got here. But when I chose Christ, by default, I got something called grace. It's a package deal. So when I get the grace of the Lord, I get the sufficiency that comes with it. What? Let's slow down. Some of you don't even know the full package of being a Christian that you get with your Christianity. I don't know about you, but a lot of people sign up with certain companies because they like the perks. Hey, I have a friend like that. Well, if you sign up with them, you get a whole free stay um, overnight at their such and such property out in, okay, That sounds great. It's a perk. Well, do we call grace a perk, Christians? I don't know. Let me know. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Now, if you go to the KPRZ.com site, KPRZ, get it, KPRZ.com, 
you'll find my show there, Carrying the Burden. And when you look it up and you get to my show on the local podcast, what you're going to see is the opportunity to reach me via email, connect.lorainecarroll.com. When you do, I want to hear what you have to say about grace. A lot of people have a lot of definitions for it. A lot of people make it personal. A lot of people diffuse it. But it's not that hard. Grace is very simple. I never understood that term grace at Christmas dinner and family gatherings. Let's say the grace. And I was like, grace is a prayer? I don't get it. I was a kid. I was trying. I was trying to understand what they were talking about. But for those of us that have come into the full knowledge, full understanding of what grace really means and what grace really is, we begin to understand that grace is a gift from God. Even when you look at grace in its best definition, basic definition, I'm talking about the dictionary definition. You get all this big long list, right? Even people have named their children Grace. I I, I know a Grace to you, yeah. It's an old name. It's an old word. But it really comes from a Latin origin. And it comes from pleasing. Pleasing, yes. So when you look at the definition of grace, right, sometimes we hear it as, um, let's say the grace. Oh, you mean the favor. Yeah, the gratia. Yeah, that's from the Latin too. The kindness. Mm-hmm the gratis, the pleasing, the graces saying, Lord, we thank you for your favor for the food. Oh, yeah, because we didn't have to get it. We didn't have to have it. Think about all the farmers that had to eat off of the land. There were no grocery stores. So when they got the food that they picked and they brought it in and they cooked it and they had a meal from it, they realized God favored us to have a crop. We were able to store this in boxes, put it in a cool area, cook it when we needed food, the sustenance for our bodies. Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, the grace, the favor of God to even have money for those of us in the 21st century on our debit cards, credit cards, to go spend money for a dinner out. But did you say the grace? Are you that Christian at the table with all of your coworkers and you don't even bow your head for a moment? That's a sign that you're a Christian. But I tell you what, a lot of people will maybe ask you, so did you pray for your food? That's a good opportunity to witness and say, yes, I'm a Christian. Remember I said, make the declaration. Don't let people just assume what you do. Say, yes, I'm a Christian. When you say the grace, even if you just bow your head and say, thank you, Lord. Before everybody just digs in, you take a moment and say, thank you, Lord. Yes, that's grace. Yes, because I realize that's the favor of God to even be there, have food. I live in America. How privileged am I to have meals served to me with a waiter, they say? Yeah, I like to say that waiter sometimes, that waiter word, because waiters and servers, are they the same? Somewhat. But there's two definitions going there. A waiter back in the day, literally, that's what they did. They stood around, waited to see what you needed, and then they relayed the information to the runners who actually did the running to get what you needed. 
The waiters attended to you and provided for you. Ooh, that's kind of deep because we're supposed to wait on the Lord. And a lot of us have looked at that as a chronos waiting, looking at a clock. Well, I'll just wait till God comes through. No, he wants you not to just sit there and look at a clock like a time. Tick tock. Look at the clock. Lord, when are you going to come and fix this? But he wants you to serve him. Wait on him. Attend to him. What does God need from me? Uh, Praises. <laughs> uh, he's given you a lot of commands all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. As far as, you, as far as your Christianity goes and what he needs from you, some people will say, well, the Lord doesn't need anything from me. Actually, he needs you to be his glory in the earth. Think about it. Look around every day. I said, where are the Christians? How are, how are the people supposed to know? You are the Christian. They're supposed to know you're the Christian based on what? The love that you show, the love that you demonstrate, the kindness, yes. Now, remember what I said, Satan, the deceiver, he can show kindness. He can trick people into thinking that, you know, he's kind through people. Yeah, but it's a trick. So what's the difference between real love, the kind that Jesus told us to give, and the trickery? The deceptive love. Well, love is technically truth. And at the end of the day, with some time, you'll come to discover what love looks like, what love feels like. And love actually is more strong than weak. Because remember, we're on Radio (laughs) W-E-A-K today, just today. Yes, this is K-Praise, KPRZ, 12, 10 a.m. in San Diego. But for today's show... We're W-E-A-K. One of the tendencies of love, aside from, aside from patience, let's, let's talk about that because it takes a lot of strength to be patient. I don't know about you, road rage these days, uh, long lines during COVID, I, I just will never forget that. And all of the impatience that I saw in the lines of the people, the cursing and the yelling and the fussing and the people slamming their food down and just walking out because they didn't want to wait. Oh, see, that was the chronos wait. But with patience, it's much easier to wait. Why? Because God is involved. That's why. So when you're impatient, God is not involved. It's basic common sense, right? Right. So look at the word weak again. We're back to that word. Yes, because we've already looked at grace. Now we've got to go back to this weakness. Weak word, the weak. Now, W-E-A-K is our call letters, or the station call letters that we're pretending to be. Yeah, W-E-A-K. Now, when you're weak, the first thing you need to do is admit it to yourself. That way you can admit it to God. Remember, he doesn't force us to tell him anything. So when you're not strong, you need to tell him. You need to tell him so that he can tell you some things back. You need to tell him, Lord, I don't have the strength today. Strength? Yeah, that's uh, opposite of weak. Yeah, pretty much. It's okay to not be strong, Christians, but you have to admit it. I'm having a rough day. Whew, I don't feel so strong today. You don't have to deceive yourself. You can tell yourself the truth. Caregivers, be honest. I don't feel strong today. And sometimes you need to tell someone else. Confess your faults one to another right? So that somebody else can pray for you. 
their prayers will get through. Sometimes you don't have the strength to pray. What? A Christian? No strength to pray all the time. I know it happens to me a lot. Thank God for my prayer partners. But what if you don't have a prayer partner? Jesus is your default prayer partner. That's what. (laughs) And that's why you tell him, just like Paul did in 2 Corinthians 12. So when you look at it again, take a look at it. My favorite part in that passage is the simple part that Paul said three different times. I begged the Lord, take it away. (sighs) Now, for a caregiver, that might sound like you want the person to die. I've had somebody say that to me. Do you wish sometimes that your mom would just die and just honest, just honestly say it? No, (laughs) that's not what I wish. And they were like, well, I would understand if you felt that way. I said, you would understand. And I understand from where you're coming. You're coming from a place of selfishness. I'm coming from a place of love. When you come from the place of selfishness, you don't really care about anyone else. You care about what? You want self, what I want, what I need, what's in my best interest. However, when you come from the place of love, oh, wow, we're talking Jesus, God is love, right? There's patience, there's kindness, and then my other favorite part is that there's this coverage that you get. It's almost like insurance, very much so like insurance. Well, what do you mean, Lorraine? Well, Insurance coverage is there for you to protect you in the time of crisis. Love does that by itself. It does the work. Now, how do you pay for your insurance with a premium? (laughs) Here's my favorite part. The Lord already paid the premium for me. I automatically am insured when I accept salvation. I get the insurance of the Lord, and I also get the assurance of the Lord. So when Paul went to the Lord saying, look here, I'm tired of this. Take it away. Now this is the Lorraine translation because I've had to say that. Each time God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. What? (laughs) That sounds profound, doesn't it? And if you haven't visited that scripture, try it today. Because you might feel weak, but God wants you weak sometimes. Why? Because he wants you to realize, hey, you're not as strong as you think you are. You do need me, and I want you to need me. Matter of fact, I want you to depend on me. And I believe that Paul had this great revelation when he said, So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. See, if you have it all figured out, if you're so strong, if you know everything, if you don't need any help, if you don't call anybody and say, hey, could you come over and help me out? Well, guess what? Everybody else thinks that you have it all figured out too. There's nothing wrong with being strong. Did you hear that? Nothing wrong with being strong. However, contingency, you need to sometimes admit that you're weak. What's the difference? Being strong is its own category. However, it's a state of being. There are times, though, when you won't be strong, and that's when you need to admit what you are. Hurt, disappointed, angry, frustrated, weak. W-E-A-K radio. That's where we are today. And on this station, even though it's K-Praise, 1210 a.m. in San Diego, we're talking before we go about what to do when you're weak. 
First thing you need to do is admit it. Ooh, I'm weak. Tell somebody. Call somebody. If you don't have any friends, pray. Tell the Lord. And you know what the Lord's going to tell you? Don't worry about it. I got you. How? How does the Lord support us in our weakness? He provides grace. It's real easy. Now, remember, we talked about grace, the gratia of favor. He gives us favor. Sometimes he'll just let you go to sleep. And you go to sleep and you wake up and everything's fine. All of a sudden, just like that. What happened? God's favor. That's what his grace is. Oh, okay. See, if you allow for God's grace, you'll see his power. But if you take on everything because you've got to be so strong, uh, yeah, you're wrong. It's wrong to be strong when it's in and of yourself, absolutely. But if your strength is in the Lord, then you have it all figured out. Because remember, you get your strength through the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Find the joy in the Lord when you feel weak. Look at the things like, hey, I'm alive. Thank you, Lord. Start giving him some praises. Get excited about the fact that you can walk. You might even walk with a cane, but it's okay. At least you can walk. Hey, you live in America. Are you grateful? Did you thank the Lord? You have to do what you need to do to tell the Lord, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. Did you hear that? Gratitude, gracia, and Lord, thank you for your favor. This is what you do to stay strong. But in the meantime, it's okay to be weak. Admit that weakness. Tell somebody. If you can't tell anybody, tell yourself. Confession is the first way to freedom. And then most of all, pray and tell the Lord, hey, I'm weak. So that he can come right back to you and tell you, actually, I like it that way. Now you can be strong through me. You've been listening to Carrying the Burden with me, Lorraine Carroll, right here on KPRZ. Even though we were W-E-A-K radio today, just for today. But KPRZ, yeah, that's the real station in San Diego, 1210 a.m. If you're driving in your car, listen every Saturday morning, 1030 a.m., or on any local podcasting station, or even the international ones work too. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.